It's my pleasure to be able to introduce to us the, uh, tonight the lighting of the Advent candles and uh, the lighting of the Christ candle. It's great to see the Lewis family here. I think this is the first Christmas from three continents by <laughs> coastal that we got you all together. And it's, it's a delight to have you all here at one place at one time back home. So may I invite you to come forward as you light our Advent candles tonight. And I would invite those of you in uh, the pews to follow in the liturgy that you'll find in your order of service. We'll join together singing that first verse, and we'll sing it at the conclusion of the liturgy for the lighting of the candles. this second candle on the Advent wreath, which is the candle of peace. We relight this third candle on the Advent wreath to remind us that Christ is the love of the world. We relight this fourth candle on the Advent wreath to remind us that Christ is the joy to the world. the Christ candle. This is the symbol of God's love shining into the world that we may see in the silence of that night so long ago that Christ the Savior was born and that he had yet comes to us once more this night with the very presence of God. May the hope, peace, love, and joy of Jesus be ours this Christmas. His light still shines and may that light shine bright in us and never go out. A child is born. Let us celebrate Christmas. May I invite you to stand as we join together in our carol, the first Noel. You'll find the words in your order of service.
Please be seated. On this very special Christmas Eve, I wish to greet each and every one of you to our Christmas Eve services and asking that every blessing that God can give in this time of year may be for you and your family and loved ones. We're glad you decided to join us tonight. Welcome home for Christmas is always an important thing because home is where the heart is. And this is our church home is a very special place. Tonight's a time to pause a moment and miss all the hurriedness of our lives and all the, the busyness of this time of the year to take a moment to breathe. Take a moment to pause. Take a moment to pray for peace on earth, goodwill toward all. To remember that in the midst of all of this and the rush and the busyness, there is a reason for the season found in a manger where Christ the Lord is born. And I simply pray that each of you tomorrow on Christmas Day will find your hearts overflowing with every good gift of God. The gifts you won't find bought in a store. The gifts you can't wrap and put under the tree. But the gifts of love, of generosity, of the knowledge of the importance of family and friends. These gifts, they're the best gifts of all. Tonight is a, a time to have some moments of remembrance. We have named our Christmas services this year, Welcome Home for Christmas. That is, welcome home to those of you who have been away this year and have returned to visit family and friends and you're here tonight. In our last service, I had a woman and her daughter came. They live now in Florida. I baptized their daughter 10 years ago and her daughter wanted to come here to see where she was baptized. I give a little letter to each person I baptize, and I ask on the 10th anniversary of their baptism to open it and read it to remember the significance of why they're baptized. And here was this 10-year-old who had just opened her letter, and it was truly a blessing to me. So for those of you who have been away and are back with us, welcome home. For our students, and I see many of our students who have been away at school and now are back with us today from many different places back here, welcome home. Welcome home to all of you who regularly worship here because we know that this is a very special church home and through everyone else who has found uh, your way here tonight to, to worship God, welcome home as well because this is a very special home that we truly remember with love. But I know that this Christmas for many of us is perhaps just a little bit different. And that's because last year when we celebrated Christmas, we had special loved ones who were with us. And, and this Christmas, they're not. And from earth, they've passed to eternity. And Christmas will be different this year because when you gather around the tree, that seat is going to be empty where you'd pass the gifts when you pull up to the, the wonderful table of Christmas that you're going to share together when you eat together, a chair is going to be empty. And it's hard this time of year not to have those special loved ones with us. And therefore, I'd like to ask if we could take a moment to honor those loved ones who, though not here on earth, are yet here in our hearts and in our presence. And I'd like to ask us just to take a brief moment here now, and I want to ask you to remember someone special, because I believe this. When you remember, those loved ones find a presence with us. And so, will you join me and take a moment and remember someone very special in your life this Christmas? Thank you, O God, for the memories of loved ones. For this is what coming home to Christmas is all about. And to home are found those loved ones, grandfathers and parents and brothers and sisters and children and grandchildren, <coughs> who not being a part of our lives this Christmas makes a difference. But Lord, might we always remember that when we remember and we give thanks, they find a place within us because memories never, ever 
die, nor does love. And so we honor those memories now and give you thanks, O God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And now to bring us the Christmas story is Reverend Brian Long. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lied him in a manger. Because there was no place for him in the inn. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you and we give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Glory, glory to God, God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth.
May we pray. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise as we join together tonight to come and experience your gift, your spirit, and your presence here in this place. To know on this night that it is holy, that it is a silent night before you. But God, as we come to you, you know the joys that we bring and the burdens that we bear, the things that weigh upon our hearts and in our lives. So during this season, during this night, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, may we lay it before you to experience your peace that was promised to the world, to experience a joy beyond measure, to trust one step at a time that you are faithful in all things. So glorious God, as we join in our worship, as we lift our voices and our hearts in praise and prayer, May we lift them now, offering the prayer that your Son, Jesus the Christ, offered, that together we too may pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now Chris Soto will come to share with us the story of the angels and shepherds. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Christmas story as told in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. At this time, I'd like to invite forward our ushers as we receive this evening's gifts, tithes, and offerings. I love this story. It seems that a church was preparing for Christmas services, and the pastor decided he wanted a banner made for the entranceway as people came into the church to remind them for the reason for the season. And so he told a layperson of the church who promptly called a man at the banner company who told him what the wording should be and what the dimensions so it would fit into the entranceway should be. A few days later, the sign arrived with the following lettering. On to Mary, a child, Jesus is born, six feet long and two feet wide. <laughs> that is a big baby. 
this is a, a very nostalgic Christmas Eve for me because this will be my last Christmas Eve with you. as I will be retiring uh, next June. I just want you to know I'm, I'm already retired. <laughs> I was tired yesterday. <laughs> I'm tired again today. <laughs> but I will miss being here next year with you, but I will cherish the 13 Christmas Eves we've had together here. I want to talk with you a little bit tonight about wise men. You've all heard about them, haven't you? There's not much to the story that we don't already know. We were taught them as little children by our parents. We read about them in the stories of the Bible. We heard about them in Sunday school, about these three wise men. And you, some of you might have noticed the internet story that has been going around lately that's entitled, If the Three Wise Men Were Three Wise Women. <laughs> it said if the three kings had been three women, they would have stopped to ask for directions. They would have brought useful gifts for a baby like diapers, baby powder, and blankets. <laughs> and they would have helped clean up the stable before they left. <laughs> Apparently, three wise men is an oxymoron. <laughs> there is, though, an ancient legend about the wise men. It's about a time of which they were looking for the star but a moment in which they lost sight of it. The story tells about the high resolve, the holy purpose, and the hopeful expectation that they had as they began their search for a baby born under a star who was to be a king. There was something awesome about this providential attraction that drew them together on their spiritual quest to find Jesus. As aspiring souls brought together in a common purpose, they followed diligently, seeking the skies to find the place where the king would be born. They rode trackless miles of desert, <clears throat> and initial travel considerations soon changed from trivialities and social amenities to the sign of the star which kept calling them ever forward, kept them in the vision which kept renewing itself about this mysterious star that beckoned them forth with his silent invitation. In that, they rode over desert sands. They began to speculate on what would happen when they arrived. And being prominent persons, they began to take pride in the fact that they would be the first to discover and recognize this new king. Soon, however, the legend says they began to quarrel amongst themselves. Who would present the first gift, they asked? Who would be the one to do the speaking? Which gift would be the best? Which one would symbolize the most devotion? Without meaning to, and yet because they were still so human, they became alienated from one another, and there were so many petty thoughts that filled their minds that they began to fight amongst themselves. And the night of the first quarrel, the star disappeared. For a time, they wandered aimlessly, arguing frequently, despairing alternatively. The star had gone, and so had their hope, and so had their enthusiasm. The noble adventure seemed doomed. Their aspiration became as ashes in the hills of the desert darkness. They became lost, and wandering nomads far from home with their journey unfulfilled, hearts unresponsive, eyes unseen, and souls void of inspiration. But the legend tells us how one night, lost and forsaken, they stumbled on an oasis in the wilderness in Awadi. Other travelers had already arrived there and were gathered about a shallow well that had gone dry, parched and dying of thirst, waiting for death. Then it was that the wise men, with, with no arguing, but in genuine concern, brought over their water bags and emptied them into the well that others might drink. And suddenly the bleak camp of despair became a place of hope and happiness. But the most miraculous thing of all was said to be that while together, 
the wise men emptied their water bags into the well. In the reflection of the water, they saw the star once again appear. You see, the star was lost in self-seeking, but it was found again in giving. You see, the holy light of God's direction became evident once more to them as they sought to help their fellow human beings. And so the little legend becomes a parable of great truth that love must be in our hearts. If the light of Christ is to shine into the world, to guide our paths, to light our steps, to show us the secret of living relationships in love. From the legend, we come to the story of St. Matthew, which shows us that when the kings finally arrived at the place where Jesus lay, two things happened in their unity. First, they fell down and worshiped Christ the Lord, and then in the overflowing of praise and love, gave him their gifts, and in the act of worship, they finally understood what they had come to do was not to talk, was not to show who was best, was not to worry about who had the finest gift, would not be the one who would have preeminence or gain honor, but simply to do reverence and worship at the Christ child who would be king. As we come to this holy evening this night, I pray that we might come in love. As we kneel before once more the manger, and as wise men of old, as we give our hearts to God and to one another, we'll find that through love, the star still shines. That in God, in infinite love, performed a miracle and does once more for us today. Christina Rossetti, in her poem, Made Into a Church Hymn, says this, Love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Love came down at Christmas, stars and angels gave the sign. Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and neighbor. Love for plea and gift and sign. You see, the heart of the gospel is this, that God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he opened the gifts of heaven to those who had a lowly manger but find that Christ was born. For you see, only love can see the star. In a world that we live in so filled with confusion and concern, with hate and strife, with war and trauma, we come to this service hoping with expectation that we might experience once again in our lives and in our communities, in our country and in the world, a sense of the peace that only God can give by following a star that shines upon a manger that allows us to find where Jesus Christ is born. It's a miracle. And I have discovered a great truth in my own life. To know the miracle of Christmas requires two things. And it's not as hard. It's not as hard as you may think. It only requires a willing life and an open heart. That's all. A willing life to seek the Christ and an open heart to let him in. The truth of Christmas is that Jesus is looking for a place to be born and the only place God has ever looked for room to be born is the human heart. It's a miracle of God's love that can change your life even as it did for a young nurse named Sue Kidd who found the true meaning of Christmas can come anywhere, anytime, even when you least expect it, if you're open to it and you let it touch your heart. This is her story. 
She said it was the night before Christmas and not a creature was stirring on the pediatric ward of the hospital. I was the nurse scheduled to work. It isn't fair, Sue said. I'm missing Christmas Eve. I stood up and dragged my feet down the deserted corridor, and I stopped at the sick nursery, and I sighed, and I pushed the door open and went in. There was only one child that night, a tiny baby a few weeks old. He had a respiratory infection but seemed to be improving. Still, a nursing attendant observed him around the clock. I noticed her standing at the crib as I came in. She said to me, Merry Christmas, and I said something like, fine way to spend Christmas Eve. She began to scan the, the temperature chart across the room when all of a sudden she heard an almost inaudible gasp. The nursing attendant cried out. He's, he stopped breathing. And Sue yelled quick, call a doctor fast. And the nursery door crashed open and in poured doctors and nurses and they worked frantically in a circle around this crib in a maddening blur of emergency drugs, hissing oxygen, and the blip of a heart monitor. Gradually though their activity began to slow. Everything that medicine and science could do had been done. But the tiny baby left unmoving. And Sue said the room grew quiet. It seemed that every heart was focused on that little baby. Nothing seemed to matter except that that limp little boy breathed again on his own. And Sue said she found herself praying, Lord, please help him. Breathe, said a doctor. Come on, little fellow, breathe. Please, God, whispered the nurse next to Sue. And she saw the same please on every face as the prayer seemed to move around that little crib like a circle of hope. And suddenly, a gurgle drifted up from the crib and next a cough and then a tiny cry. Deep silence gripped the nursery and everyone waited, all eyes focused on the baby. And he, he curled his fingers and began to wave his tiny arms into the air, and then he breathed, breathed all by himself. Sue turned away, hiding the tears in her eyes, and she couldn't help but believe that she, that night, had stood on the rim of a magnificent miracle. You see, it was Christmas Eve, and a baby boy was alive. The extraordinary and precious gift of life had been laid at her feet by someone other than that little band of people surrounding that crib. The presence of Christ seemed to have filled the nursery, and Sue knew that he had been in the midst of it. And in that moment, she said her heart was drawn to Christ in a deep, and holy way she could not explain. Turning around, she saw the baby's parents. And the mother cried out, is my baby all right? Hoping against hope, and Sue said, yes, alive and holding his own. And tears welled up in their eyes, and they said thank you as they attempted to say thank you to all of you for you've given us this wonderful Christmas gift. But Sue, as she blinked back her tears, unable to speak, wanted to really tell them that it was a baby on Christmas Eve that had given her the gift to believe again and to know that God always loves us. Tonight, the baby is in our presence. And if you have love in your heart, you'll see the star. And it will change your life. Because no one could ever be the same who finds the light of God's love to guide them. Who is he in yonder stall? 
at whose feet the shepherds fall? Who is he who's at door the wise men come to adore? Who is he whose birth the stars and sun and all the earth proclaim the son of God's own holy birth? It is the Lord. Oh, wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory, and at his feet we humbly fall and crown him. Crown him. Lord of all. May we pray. Eternal God, you have loved us so much that in a baby boy born in our midst, born into humanity as one of us, could bring the wonderful message of your love and salvation might we here tonight, O oh Lord, know that as we fill our lives with love for you and one another, this night we shall see the star again. And we may be reborn onto Christ, the King. Amen. In just a moment... The choir will be leading us in the night of silence and then inviting us to join together in singing Silent Night. At this time, I would invite you to stand. We'll light our candles and await our introduction to sing Silent Night.
invite you to take a moment and lift your candle high and to remember that in love you can see the star and it will light your way. May we join together in that first verse again of Silent Night, Holy Night. Silent Night,